Hello, everyone. Welcome again to Therapeutic Counseling. And this is Carolyn Smith Mormon. I'm a licensed professional counselor, and I'm back to talk to you about mental health topics. Today, we're going to be focusing on couples therapy and couple couples issues. Um, as a therapist, I not only see uh, individuals with mental health issues, I am I am often seeing couples who are having relationship issues. So the name of our podcast today is Conflict. Who needs it? Well, I know most of us don't want to ha- have conflict. You know, we just want it to be, you know, roses and chocolates all day long. But unfortunately, that's not the way it goes. All relationships, even the most successful ones, they're going to have conflict. I don't know how we can avoid this if we stay married long enough or if we stay in partnership long enough. But there is a way that we can manage conflict that can help us be more successful in our partnership. So I want to tell you about some people uh, that if you've never read their books, I say run, 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 go get your Amazon account uh, smoking and get some of these books because you can learn a lot from Julie and John Gottman, G-O-T-T-M-A-N. Julie and John Gottman are sort of the gurus of a particular kind of couples counseling. And I have taken some uh, some of their courses and I've read some of their books and I definitely use some of their skills when I am working with my um, couples in counseling. So the one, probably the most important piece that you will learn from me if you come as a couple with conflict is about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And John and Julie Gottman uh, decided to call these four conflict problems uh, the four horsemen because if you don't stop them, Uh, It will be like the four horsemen of the apocalypse in the Bible. It's going to destroy your relationship. So let's jump into them. So the first horseman, if you want to call it that, uh, the first problem with conflict is criticism. And criticism is um, basically where you are attacking the character of your beloved and uh, you're not focusing on the behavior you want changed, you're just verbally attacking them. So the opposite of that, or the antidote to that, would be a gentle startup. When you see there's a problem that you don't care for, um, instead of going off with you this and you that, talk about your feelings, use I statements, and express a positive need. So let me give you an example of criticism and then using the anecdote, gentle startup. So criticism might be something like this. Um, You come home and um, you see dishes all over, left all over the house, and you attack your uh, wife and say, honey, you know I hate dishes all over the house. I, I like the dishes to end up in the sink or in the dishwasher. You are such a slob. I just can't believe you can't remember to put these dishes away. That really upsets me. So that's criticism, okay? And uh, most of us have heard that probably or done this at some point in time in our relationship. 
So the, the opposite of this or the antidote to this would be a gentle startup. Talk about your feelings using I statements and expressing a positive need. So it would sound something like this. You come in, you see the dishes. Honey, you know, I really like a neat and clean house. And I like it when you get finished with your dishes and you get them over into the dishwasher or you get them into the sink. And um, I really wish that you would, uh, when you finish eating, you would just stick them right away into the dishwasher or the sink. Do you think that we could work on that, please? Okay, so those are your examples for those two things. Then the second horseman of the apocalypse in uh, couples conflict is defensiveness. And I always pair defensiveness with criticism because defensiveness is a response to criticism. It's when you feel like you're unjustly accused and then you start to make excuses, you play the victim and uh, sometimes you could even reverse the blame. So a lot of times the people that are not criticizing, the ones that are being defensive, uh, the couples will think that they're slightly you know, superior, but really there's nothing superior about being defensive when somebody is uh, criticizing you. So the antidote to defensiveness is take responsibility. First of all, listen to what your partner's asking you to do, even in a critical way. Accept their perspective. It may not be your perspective. That's all right. It's different. You're not the same people. Offer, offer an apology for any wrongdoing that you might have done. And, uh, you know, see if you can do something about it next time. So let me give you an example of defensiveness and the anecdote of taking responsibility. So we'll go back to the dishes thing again. Oh, you're always getting on my case about the dishes. You know, the only reason I forgot those dishes was because I was busy um, out back pulling in the trash cans that you asked me to pull in. And so therefore I forgot to put my dishes away. Okay, so there's, there's your example of what defensiveness sounds like. Now here's what it should sound like with some taking responsibility. You're right, honey. I did. I left those dishes out again. I'm so sorry. I know that's not being responsible on my part, and um, I let myself get distracted. So I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do really my best to uh, put those dishes in the sink or in the dishwasher from here on out. So, there were, those were your examples of defensiveness and the anecdote of taking responsibility. So the next horseman that I want to discuss is something that's called stonewalling. Now, stonewalling is withdrawing from the conflict. I mean, sometimes even in the middle of the conflict, showing disapproval, distancing yourself, separating yourself, and even leaving right in the middle of the conflict. Okay? So stonewallers are often overwhelmed, which is why they leave in some form or fashion. Sometimes they don't actually leave the conflict. Sometimes they just shut down. They won't talk to you. They cross their arms. They won't look at you. They won't answer your questions. And um, uh, stonewalling is a problem because you basically freeze out your partner. And there's no way that you can connect while you're stonewalling. So here are some anecdotes for you to consider instead of stonewalling. 
And it's something I call, or the Gottmans call, physiologically self-soothing. Okay, that's a fancy word for bringing yourself back down to a you know moderate level. Um, ask to take a break. Say, look, I think this is getting out of hand, so I'm going to take a 20-minute break. I'm going to go walk the dog. And while you go walk the dog, uh, don't let yourself think of all the horrible things you want to come back and say to your uh, partner. That's not self-soothing. That is not going to calm you down. While you're out walking the dog, take in some deep breaths. Get yourself mindful about uh, the good things about your partner and about how you both want the same thing. Even though your partner might not be very lovable right that minute, you know that your partner is a good person and uh, you want to go back and see if you can do your part to help the conflict get resolved. Uh, So... Stonewalling is withdrawing from the conflict and shutting down. And the opposite of that, the antidote to that, is to physiologically self-soothe yourself. Take a break. Spend some time calming yourself down. So the last of the four horsemen of the apocalypse is the worst, according to Gottman. And and I think it'll be the worst when you hear about it. And that is contempt. So contempt is attacking a person with, it, with the intent to insult them or even be abusive to them. I don't mean, you know, physically abusive. I mean uh, emotionally abusive. And the antidote to contempt is to build a culture of appreciation and to remind yourself of your partner's positive qualities and find gratitude for their positive actions. So um, here are some examples of, of contempt. Um, sarcasm, cynicism, name-calling, eye-rolling, sneering, mocking, um, hostile words to your partner. This is the greatest predictor that the relationship will not make it. You know, when somebody is being contemptuous of their partner, they're actually expressing a sense of superiority so that's not you're not going to be able to connect if one person actually believes that they are superior so just remember um, you know even when you're having conflict even when you're arguing to remain respectful and remain appreciative of your partner because as I said contempt is probably Uh, the worst thing that you can do. It is very destructive and very defeating, and it is the greatest predictor of divorce, according to John Gottman. So, pretty interesting stuff, all this four horsemen of the apocalypse, isn't it? If you heard yourself in any of this, if you could see that you've done some of these things, all of these things, not, not to worry. You can work on these things. Um, one of the things I wanted to share with you is that couples often are about five or six years too late in getting to couples counseling. So therefore, once they get to couples counseling, often it is really hard to save the relationship because they have had so many years of um, not, not speaking to each other in a communication style that will help them be successful. So... Get some more skills, go to couples counseling, get some books that you can read together 
on, uh, you know, being a better couple. Be vigilant. Don't give up. The more you can work on these issues, the more likely you're going to have a stable and a happy relationship. Well, I thank you for listening to me again. I appreciate um, all of your responses and I appreciate your, your support of therapeutic counseling. I hope you have a great day and um, I'll talk to you the next time. Thank you so much for listening.